0: Esoteric Nerd Podcast, Episode 79, Sun Segments. And now it's time to revisit our segments, in which I recite The Book of Tokens by Paul Foster Case, one letter at a time. Now, we started with Aleph, I believe, a while back, and we moved on to Bet. We're going to be skipping a little bit to keep consistent with the rest of the episode, which is all about Rish and R and the sun card and stuff like that. And so I will be reading from The Book of Tokens by Paul Foster Case while a motorcycle drives by in the background. The Meditation on Rish. I am the face which shineth ever, and before which the darkness hasteneth away. I am the white brilliance of the head which is not a head. I am the profuse giver of all abundance, Yet though I am the greatest of the greats, I am also the smallest of the small. I am the depth as well as the height, the without as well as that which is within, for in me are all opposites united. I am the glory of the eternal source, and I am the fountain of the kingdom of the ageless results. In Asea, I am the sun, whose rays are the spring of life and action. The sun, in this material world, is the father of all bodies therein, and the cause of every movement. Yet though I am thy sun, I am also every sun. Lose not the spirit in the symbol. O seeker for light, Beneath the wings of the great sun thou dwellest, And this is the sun whereof the prophet spake, But unto you that fear my name Shall the sun of righteousness arise With healing in his wings. Yea, on that day Shalt thou sing unto the Lord a new song, A song of rejoicing. In his beautiful countenance, the face of thine own true self. Thank you very much, very honored Frater P. Centuries ago in northern Europe, up where it gets very cold, Some of my ancestors worshipped the goddess Sana. She was a healer goddess, and she rode in a chariot of fire through the cloudy sky. And when she was around, the icy grip of death would loosen for a while. She is described in the poem Voluspa, the sun, the sister of the moon from the south. Her right hand cast over heaven's rim, no knowledge she had where her home should be. The moon knew not what might was his, the stars knew not where their stations were. Meanwhile in Japan, she was worshipped as Amaterasu, goddess not only of the sun but of the whole universe. Once, after being particularly harassed by her brother, she hid in a cave, and there was only night, until she was tricked out of the cave. The other gods threw a party and spoke loudly of this new goddess that was even more beautiful than Amaterasu. They placed a mirror outside the cave, and when she came out to look, seeing her own reflection, she saw there was indeed a great and beautiful goddess, perhaps even more so than herself. She became jealous and joined the party. The other gods blocked the way back into the cave before she realized she had been tricked. There was no one more beautiful than Amaterasu. It seems that where you stand on the earth may affect the lens through which you view the character of this great glowing golden orb in the sky. It's assumed by many in the West to be masculine, associated with the male child of the male creator god in Judeo-Christianity, perhaps. And of course, to those who dwelt in the great heat of the Egyptian desert, the sun was Ra, a angry and vengeful and merciless god who would often smite them with droughts for no apparent reason other than his mood. In the 3 equals 8 grade of Practicus of the Golden Dawn, or the 4th grade of what's called the Outer Order or First Order, the initiation has three parts. The first part, you traverse the path of Shin, the path of Judgment. The second part, you traverse the path of Resh, the path of the Sun. Before you upon the altar is the 19th key of the tarot, which symbolically resumes these ideas. The Sun has 12 principal rays, which represent the 12 signs of the zodiac. They are alternately waved and salient, symbolizing the alternation of the masculine and feminine nature. These are again subdivided into 36 rays, representing the thirty-six decanates, or sets of ten degrees in the zodiac, and again further subdivided into seventy-two quinaries, or sets of five degrees. These withhold their places in the seventy-two-fold name Shemhem Thus, the sun itself embraces the whole creation in its rays. The seven Hebrew yods on each side falling through the air refer to the solar influence descending. The wall is the circle of the zodiac, and the stones are its various degrees and divisions. The two children standing respectively on water and earth represent the generating influence of both elements, brought into action by the rays of the sun. They are two inferior and passive elements, as the sun and the air above them are the superior and active elements of fire and air. Furthermore, these two children resemble the sign Gemini, which unites the earthly sign of Taurus with the watery sign of Cancer. This sign was used by the Greeks and Romans and referred to Apollo, or the sun. now for the focus of today's episode, the next rung on the ladder, the next step on the stairway in our ongoing segment, in which I lead you through some guided pathworkings through the tree of life. Now, if this is the first of these you've heard, It might be a little weird. Now, you're welcome to listen to it, if you'd like. Technically, you'd be kind of going out of order. If you want to do this in order, then really what you should do is check out episode 35, in which we established the temple in Malkut. Now, if you have a Tree of Life handy, some people, it occurred to me, have no idea what this is about. So if you could get a Kircher tree, not that old, not that Luria tree, the... uh, not the one with the, with the rings within the rings. The one Athanasius Kircher, Jesuit priest, you know the guy, 1650s. Uh, it's the tree we've been using in the Western Mysteries ever since. The regular one, right? You got a, a boda tree maybe uh, up on your wall. So in episode 35, we established the temple in Malkut. That's the kingdom. That's the bottom most of the Sefirot. Uh, singular is Sefirah, uh, plural Sefirot or Sephirot and Sephira, if you're Southern. Um, So yeah, in episode 45, at the beginning, we work our way up the path of Tav, which is the path of the universe, corresponds to the universe, or world card in a major arcana uh, set of a regular tarot uh, deck. And then we establish our temple in Yasod. Then in episode 62... We went up the Path of Judgment, so see that's there the path on the left that goes from Malkut up to Hode or maybe your tree says Reason or Splendor. Same idea. Now when we got to the end of that path after we had met all of the archetypes within it uh, we arrived at an orange door with a blue eight-pointed star. Now that door was locked and I mentioned in that episode that the reason it was locked is we needed to go through the Sun card first before it would unlock. Once we go through the Sun card and establish the Temple in Hode, then that door in the Shin card will unlock, and you will be able to go directly from Malkut into Hode. But first, we need to elevate from Malkut to Yesod and get into Hode from Yesod by way of the Path of the Sun card. Now, I need to tell you that what I'm giving you is the canned form of something that really ought to be hunted. I'm doing so because there's only a small number of people that are going to actually seek this out. Everyone who seeks it out gets a different sort of nuanced message. What I'm giving you is what in my mind is a certain universalization of my own experience with these paths emphasizing certain points which i felt were important or which my guides pointed out to me looking at the tree of life diagram some people will tell you that you're that you start out below malkut And that when you get initiated in a proper setting of some kind into Xelotaur, then, and only then, would it be appropriate for you to presume to do something like the building of the Temple in Malkuth exercise in episode 35. And then, when you have attained a certain degree of knowledge and been approved by the Chiefs of the Order, then you can get into Theoricus. And finally, Pathwork the World card and establish your in you sowed. So, I'm throwing all of that out the window and just giving it to you. I want to clarify my overall allegiance to the position of the late, great Alan Watts and say that I, I am have n- nothing to sell. I'm an entertainer. That is to say, in the same sense, that when you go to a concert and you listen to someone play Mozart. He has nothing to sell except the sound of the music. He doesn't want to convert you to anything. He doesn't want you to join an organization. And I approach you in the same spirit as a musician with his piano or violinist with his violin. I just want you to enjoy a point of view which I enjoy. If you want a straight path to enlightenment, To your truest self, I highly recommend yoga and meditation. And while we're on the subject, check out the To Be a Yogi podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform. The symbolism of these guided pathworkings comes straight from the so-called book T, T for tarot, which is the sort of mythical book that the symbolism of the, for example, the Golden Dawn Ritual Tarot by the Ciceros, the Robert Wang Golden Dawn deck, and a few others which strictly adhere to the symbolism of Book T. For example, the Fool card is a baby with a yellow rose, not a man walking off a cliff. Kind of a big difference. Ryder Wade, the uh, uh, Pamela Coleman Smith, Arthur Edward Wade version, went with the older, I think Italian, is it, or French depiction of the jester walking off the cliff rather than the straight book T symbolism that they had taken all kinds of oaths not to reveal and since then most decks have been based on the rider Waite deck and not the traditional book T deck so some of the specific symbols might be unfamiliar but you can find these symbols uh by searching for either of those decks i especially recommend the new golden dawn ritual tarot uh, manual it's a really good book For those of you participating fully, go ahead and maybe light a little stick of incense. Make sure it's safe. You don't want to set anything on fire. Been down that road. It's not fun. Settle in. Close your eyes. Find a comfortable, seated posture. Maybe laying down. Maybe leaning back against something or maybe in Sukhasana padmasana, or Padmasana. Getting into your breath, allowing thoughts, images, ideas, and the sound of my voice to pass through this moment into memory like the sound of a river passing, continuing to breathe and astrally, not physically go ahead and rise you might just lift up like defying gravity floating up and then the legs kind of lengthen underneath you setting your feet down maybe your eyes are still closed so in your mind's eye, lift your hands up and place them right about where the top of the central altar in your temple in Malkut would be. If you don't have one, you might want to listen to episode 35. What does it feel like? What does it look like? Good. There it is. Using the divine names of Malkut. And the Archangel Sandolphon. Choir of Angels, the Ashing Arriving here in your Temple of Malchul Looking at the Eastern Wall Letting the details fill in If there's something that you want to change, go ahead and change it Good And looking to your right, remembering, seeing, there it is looking to your left good kind of look around behind you good standing back at the altar we'll move quickly but respectfully from before me flames the pentagram and behind me shines the 6 rayed star I hope you guys don't mind going a different way this time. Instead of using the three portals in the east, let's look up. Looking up. If there's a ceiling, let's open up that ceiling. And looking up at the starry night sky up above. And allowing the image of the universe card. Isis Sandalphon dancing the two pillars, surrounded by the twelve orbs of the twelve different colors of the zodiac, the bull on the lower left, the man on the upper left, the eagle on the upper right, and the lion on the lower right, the seventy-two little white dots, the angels of the Shemhem Looking up at this image, allow your feet to lift up off the ground as we vibrate the names of Yisod, which is the sphere up above that path. Lifting up higher now, feet passing the top of the altar. If it's an enclosed structure, you've gone out the top. And it closes down, and you see the rest of Malkut, and you're rising up into space. You see Malkut go further and further down as you're floating in space. If you haven't heard episode 45, it goes in depth into this path. We'll be moving quickly through this path for today. Allow yourself to transform as you did at the end of the path last time into that great goddess of many arms and legs, into the light blue light itself dancing through the universe. And about you are the 72 angels of the Shem And the 12 signs of the zodiac surround you, rising higher and higher and higher until you find your feet now either hovering just above or having landed upon the floor of your temple in Yesod. Perform the sign of silence with your left index finger upon your lips, astrally or maybe physically if you'd like. And place your hands back on your central altar in your temple and you sowed if you have one. Finding some way to connect back with your temple and you so Remembering what it looks like. Briefly reconnecting. Maybe here you float to the east. Now turn around you and see in the west there the path of Tov might be a little confusing since we lifted up out of Malkuth into Yisod, but that's where we came from just now, there in the west. So turning around to face east, those who know your Hebrew will be able to easily visualize the Samek in blue on a little banner up above a central portal of some kind. And there on the right is a purple Tzadi, the path of the Star Card underneath and there on the left is an orange resh, and underneath is the sun card. So this is toward the left side of the eastern wall, or the eastern side of your temple in Yasod, and we're standing there before the path of the sun. You see there up in the sky a great sun with 12 rays, alternating straight and wavy, Yod's on the left and on the right, flowing downward. You see a circular wall of rocks. And inside you see earth and water, with children playing, a little girl in the water and a little boy on the earth, and a great blue sky. And the sun's rays shining everywhere, within, below, and above, and beyond the visible light spectrum. So we're going to draw the letter Resh, there in the air in white right in the middle of the portal and we're going to use the divine names of hod which is the sephira that this path leads to first with the sign of the enterer reaching up drawing down projecting forward into the portal into the image and into the letter resh vibrating the divine name and the archangel the Choir of Angels, And the Heaven of Isaiah, the Hebrew name of the planet Mercury, In the Temple in Yasod, looking at the sun card, reaching up, drawing down, projecting forward, stepping through into the sun card, turning around and closing the veil or door behind you. The father of all congregated the seven firmaments of the cosmos circumscribing the heaven with convex form. He constituted a septenary of wandering existences, suspending their disorder in well-disposed zones. He made them six in number, and for the seventh he cast into the midst thereof the fire of the sun, into that center from which all lines are equal that the swift sun may come around that center, eagerly urging itself toward that center of resounding light. As rays of light his locks flow forth, stretching to the confines of space, and of the solar circles, and of the lunar clashings, and of the aerial recesses, the melody of ether, and of the sun and of the passages of the moon and of the sun, is in the supramundane orders, for therein a solar world and endless light subsists. The sun, more true, measureth all things by time, for he is the time of time, and his disk is in the starless above, the inerratic sphere. He is the center of the triple world. The sun is fire and the dispenser of fire. He is also the channel of the higher fire. Ether, sun, and the spirit of the moon, ye are the leaders of air. And the great goddess bringeth forth the vast sun and the brilliant moon and the wide air and the lunar course and the solar pole. She collecteth it, receiving the melody of ether, and of the sun, and of the moon, and of whatsoever is contained by air. Unwearied doth nature rule over the worlds and works, so that the great periods of all things may be accomplished. And above the shoulders of that great goddess is nature, in her vastness, exalted. Hearing the sound of the ocean waves lapping upon the sandy shore. Hearing the sound of children laughing and playing. Your astral eyes open and begin to focus on the two children. They are naked. They are innocent. There is a girl in the water. And there is a boy, up on the dry sand, but they are playing together, laughing together. The dance of earth and water. You approach the children, and you introduce yourself. They say they are Din and Doni, and that they are twin mercurial intelligences in Gemini. They return to their game, and it reminds you of being a child innocent, under the sun. You notice all around now is a wall, and you cannot see on the other side of this wall. It is a wall of stones. You thank the children. They're mostly wrapped up in their thing, but they acknowledge you. You walk away from them toward the stone wall. You reach it, you start walking alongside it. Each rock seems to be a slightly different shade of grayish-brown. As you walk away from the ocean on the land, you see that the stone wall stretches in a great circle. And as you turn and face the ocean, you see that the wall also encircles this ocean you see before you. And that the shoreline of this ocean with this beach makes a wave such that along with the circular wall, it makes the familiar symbol of yin and yang. You close your eyes and connect with the spheres within. Looking up towards your crown, you ask for guidance to help understand the meaning of these symbols. You open your eyes and you look at this rock wall. You place your hands on the rock that happens to be in front of you. Immediately, you feel a certain energy, a certain smell emanating from that rock that reminds you of a certain memory, a certain experience from childhood. Maybe it was positive, maybe it was negative, but it was very, very specific. You release your hand from that rock. You move down a little ways. You find another rock with a slightly different hue, a slightly different color, a slightly different brightness, maybe it's lighter or darker. and you place your hand on this rock. And you remember something that happened very recently that reminds you of something that happened before, which ultimately all goes back to that one earliest memory of something similar to that, the same feeling, the same vibration perhaps the same astrological aspects. Each rock is a particular permutation of astrological energy. You look at all of these rocks, the many, many rocks in this great circular wall, and you experience all of them at once. Some of them are pleasant. Some of them are very unpleasant. There are desirable energies and there are undesirable energies. There is pleasure and pain. There is any and every different form of manifestation in this wall. You walk away from the wall, back to the children who seem to be in the center of this great circle. And you think to yourself, well, this isn't called the wall card. And you turn your attention directly upward. And you see that brilliant sun, a brilliant golden, yellow, white light, Shining rays in all directions, and in particular in twelve directions. Shining red light upward and green light downward. Shining amber light to the right and indigo light to the left. To the upper right, shades of red-orange to orange. To the lower right, yellow and yellow-green. On the lower left, teal and blue. And on the upper left, purple and crimson, where purple meets red. A full, brilliant, bright Rainbow emanating out from this fiery sphere. And the more you look at it, the more you feel your feet lifting up off the ground. And you feel yourself rising up. And you look towards your third eye. And you begin circulating the energy. And you begin breathing deeply through the nose. And you relax your shoulders. And you rise up. And this sphere merges with The top half of your head. The light of this solar consciousness is the same light that is having the experience. The one behind the experience. The one behind the thinking. Allow your senses to withdraw inward. Look back at the one who is looking. The center of the center of the center. Illuminating the whole head with light, with consciousness, with awareness. Awareness of awareness. This moment, here and now. The whole universe in ten directions is the brightness of the self. The whole universe, in ten directions, exists within the brightness of the self. In the whole universe, in ten directions, there is no one who is not themselves. The whole universe, in ten directions, is the brightness of the self. Transcendence of the common and transcendence of the sacred are the indigo and vermilion of the brightness. Practice and experience are the brightness being separated into means and end. Smoke, mist, water, and stone. The way of birds and the hidden paths. These are the turning cycle of the brightness. The whole universe in ten directions is the concrete self. The present seven feet of skull and bones is just the form and image of the whole universe in ten directions. The existence of each moment of totality possesses each moment of totality. The words of Zen Master Dogen. Shining your light in the twelve directions, or in the Buddhist sense in the ten directions, you gaze down at that circle with the yin and yang of sand and ocean, the wall of stone, and you see so clearly now that each and every one of these stones is your child. Your artwork, your vision, your creative expression came from you, from your head. Consciousness is the light that comes out of the eyes. And this solar nature of which we speak is the head that radiates this light. Having reconnected to your core nature as a conscious, sentient being in present time, burning alongside all of the other stars, you begin to lower down, allow the sun to be an orb that shines above you, and take on the form of a human being as you lower back down and join these two children. And now they look at you differently because they know that you know what they know. And you know too, so you laugh at that same childlike innocence that they laugh with. You look over to that place on the wall and you notice something has changed something orange there on the wall. You say your goodbyes once again to the children, and you walk along the shore, feeling the sand under your feet, feeling the mist from the ocean, breathing the air, feeling that fiery orb of the sun above. As you approach, what you now see is that familiar orange door, that door that you found on a cloud in the path of Shin upon the door at about eye level is a blue eight-pointed star you walk up to the door You take one last look around you look up at that radiant sun with the 12 rays and all kinds of rays you can't see and other non-visible ranges of spectrum see the kids playing in the distance and the great wall in all directions that you now know is very much your own you turn back to the door Somehow you know the appropriate knock to give. And you reach down for the knob, and this time it turns, and you open the door, and you pass through, turn around, and close the door behind you. And you turn away from the door to face east. And at first... All you can see is light, a blinding light in all directions, as your spiritual eyes adjust to this new level. Hode refers to the eighth path of the Sefer Yetzirah, or Book of Formation. It is called the Absolute or Perfect Path, because it is the means of the Primordial, which hath no root to which it may be established. Except in the penetralia of that gadula or magnificence which emanates from the subsiding properties thereof. It is especially referred to the element of water and the planet Mercury. Where eight is a sacred geometric number, where water is a particularly abundant element. Where the king scale color is purple, the queen scale is orange. The Prince Scale is a russet red, and the Princess Scale is a yellowish-brown flecked with gold. A whole elaborate and beautiful world, geometric structures with the watery surroundings. It's yours to create. Design it as you will. What is it like inside the temple, or is there an inside? Perhaps there is a library whether you look at it as mankind rising up from Malkut, or divinity descending from on high, Hode, the Eighth Path, is the place where you, the human, you, the Divine Light from Keter, however you're identifying right now, can see the whole picture without delusions, without fluctuations, You can see the history and the histories in their place. You can see and experience all the subtle levels of being. From here in this vantage point of pure reason, when you look at Yasod, that act of looking is the path of the sun. And when you look at the material world, that act of looking is judgment itself or discernment. Did you see that? I could have sworn that was a young Spock giving the Vulcan hand sign. Is that what this place is? And though here in Hode, you can intellectually understand any and all things, this is not the highest sphere that you can attain. It takes two opponents to play chess, and a chessboard has 64 squares, 8 times 8, the number of the Cameo of Mercury. It takes two poles to have electricity. This intellectual understanding of all things is limited to the two-pole universe. What does your temple look like? What's it made out of? Maybe it's based on Greco architecture? Maybe there's more of a crystal thing happening? Maybe something else? Play with it. Let it change. Maybe come back here later and work on it, rather than seeing it as some diagram on a piece of paper in front of you. Perhaps you might see it from the vantage point of the temples you've built within the spheres, and the experiences you've had thus far on the paths. Proclaim to the ends of the astral plane, in the name of Elohim Zab-a-ot. And Mikhail, and the mighty choir, the Benil, I proclaim that this is my temple in Hode. Take a few moments to explore, to create, and to experience your temple in Hode. Let's all meet at the center of the temple in Hode. Perhaps you have a central altar there, or uh, some way of of knowing that it's the center. And we're going to go ahead and face east, just do a quick Kabbalistic cross, reaching up. Altar. Thank you, O Elohim Zabao, for allowing us to enter thus far into the sanctuary of thy mysteries, of the inner landscape of our own hermetic tree of life. May these experiences serve as tools to aid us in our continued search for the quintessence, the stone of the philosophers, the summum bonum. May these exercises increase my understanding of the universe and my place within it, of the divinity of my own soul, and of everyone around me. Notice now, as we look to the east, that there is a path right in the center of the east, a blue-letter mem hanging, and as you part the veil, or as you allow the portal to open, you see on the other side there, the path of the hanged man. Okay, that's nice. Let's go ahead and close that. That's leading up to Gibura. Next to it, toward the right, on that same eastern wall there in front of you, you see an indigo iron. And as you kind of motion with your hands to open up that portal, you see the devil, the devil card. Okay, that's nice. That's leading up to Diferet. And now, as you turn and face directly to the right, directly to the southern, the center of the southern side of your temple here in Hode, you see a red letter pay up on a little banner, and as you Part that veil you see there the tower card okay people screaming things falling that's nice let's go ahead and close that that leads across horizontally to netsack the green sphere victory or desire still facing toward that wall on the right the southern wall looking a little bit to the right so toward the west side of the southern wall up there you see that little banner the resh that we just came in through it's a orange letter Resh hanging there on the banner. If you part the veil a little bit there on the wall, you can see through, and it's, sure enough, it's the Sun card, and we know that leads back to Yisod, and then we can go back down the path of the world, path of the universe that we took earlier, or let's go ahead and close that, and let's turn and face the Western Wall. Okay, so notice there in the center of the Western Wall, no path, and as you look to the right, kind of to the northern side of the Western Wall, No path. The only one that exists is there on the left side closer to the southern wall on the western wall is a red shin. Parting that veil we see the familiar judgment path and we know that this path leads directly to Malkut. We're going to approach it. We're going to take one last look at our temple in Hode, maybe out the the windows or whatever toward the rest of the landscape outside. And we're going to turn around, face the image of the judgment card and we're gonna step through with the sign of the enterer and the divine name of Malkuth Adonai and just for the sake of brevity as we step through we find ourselves in a stairway going down the stairs are red the walls are red but there's some rainbow stuff happening and the banister is red we're walking down Lots of steps, and we see down there is a big, strong, wooden door with the symbol of Malkuth there, the earth tones with the white hexagram there at eye level. And we reach the bottom of the stairs, and we knock there on that big, strong wooden wall. And the door swings open... As promised, we found a much more graceful way to get back into our temple in Malkuth through the Path of Judgment. Last time we fell in, if you remember. And just walk right through. Go ahead and close the door behind you. You're back in your temple in Malkuth. Familiar, right? We uh, established this place in episode 35, maybe, or maybe when you were in Zelator, Or maybe you had a space already that you adapted for a purpose of having a temple in Malkuth, a place to start and end all tree-of-life pathworking. So go ahead and return to your central altar in your temple in Malkuth. Place your hands on the altar. Feel what it feels like. And now open your physical eyes. Perform the sign of silence. Left index finger on your lip. Welcome back. And I hope you enjoyed your pathworking of the Sun card and the perhaps the beginning of the establishing of the temple in Hode. You can return there, you can change it, you can make it exactly how you want it. and as you increase your studies, as you increase your contemplation of the nature of these energies, the nature of these paths and the nature of these spheres, the temples will become more clear, more specific, and you'll be able to consciously make the changes to make them most accurately reflect your understanding of these energies. They may be useful. Keep in mind that you don't want to get stuck there for too long. It's always good to come back to your temple in Melkut, back to the middle pillar. You remember how reason was connected through the hanged man path to severity itself, to Gibura. Rational analysis is sword-like and penetrating. It involves dissecting frogs, for instance. On the other side of the tree of life, you have Netzach receiving the waters of Kaf from Chesed, mercy. Pure agape love unfolding in the lower astral realms in the form of desire. Some people in general lean more toward Hode, some people more toward Netzach. But the ultimate goal in this work is to find our center and to be able to maintain that center even when working with energies that might be off center. Do feel free to reach out to me if you have any feedback, if you had an experience you'd like to share. You can reach me at vh.fratter.bt at gmail.com. Today's music included, as usual, Susumu Ueda and his father and the other monks at Jofuku in Temple on Mount Koyasan. That's the music you're hearing right now. You also heard it at the beginning of the episode. And... At one point, you heard one of the other tracks. The track that you always hear in the esoteric Nerd in the introduction and the outro is the Meditation on Fire. The Meditation on Wind was played as we were lifting up out of the Temple of Malkut into the universe card. Special thanks to Israeli Sesame Street for the Aleph Bet Vet Gimel Dalad Hay to David Bowie. For From Station to Station, Pink Floyd set the controls for the Heart of the Sun, Brian Dahl with Golden Dawn LVX on the Temple, to Alan Watts, to Robert Slap for the Eternal ohm to Dead Can Dance for the Lotus Eaters, to Arctia for a track called Black Hole, to Wardruna for the music behind the story of Suna. To Kenji Kawai, for the Ghost in the Shell soundtrack. Hans Zimmer, for the Gladiator soundtrack. Danny Elfman, for the Edward Scissorhands soundtrack. To Orbital. To Beethoven, for the third movement of the Moonlight Sonata. To Beethoven, for the third movement of the Fifth Symphony. I just love those third movements, what can I say? And special thanks to Duter as well as Hakume and Makyo's tantric dub version of the Laya Yoga chant. Most importantly, special thanks to the Esoter nerd listening to this podcast right now. Go forth aware, awake, alive, and alert in the light of the sun. Namaste.